This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 24th, 2022. Real to real, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good, morning. good to be with you this morning. Today we continue our series, Real to Real. And today our focus is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Amen. 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 My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you for today. Settle us in wherever we are, whether we're online and in a home or on vacation or whether we're right here at 4744 Summit Bridge Road. Help us glean from this message from your scripture what you would have us uh, realize maybe for the first time or the hundredth time and help us live it. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, the movie, it was based on the TV show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It, the movie opens in 1998 at the beginning of an episode where, you, as you saw, Mr. Rogers was opening doors on the picture board. Uh, and the first three were, you know, recurring characters on the show. And then that fourth door was a new friend of his, Lloyd Vogel, who had a cut on his face. Um, and uh, he'd been hurt, but as, as he said, his hurt was much deeper than just the cut on his face. And he was having trouble. He was struggling to forgive the person who hurt him. And, and then he takes that moment, you didn't see this, but to, to share with the uh, children in the audience, he explains to them what forgiveness is. And, and then he leaves to pay Lloyd a visit. So Lloyd Vogel, he in this movie, he's a journalist, an investigative journalist, and he works for the magazine Esquire, and he's known for being cynical in his writing. The cut on his nose. We find out that at his sister's wedding, he starts a fist fight with his father, Jerry, who he's estranged from, because Jerry left his wife, Lloyd's mother. They were abandoned for a lot of years, and Lloyd uh, has all that built up. He is really, really angry, and that led to this fight. But how many have seen, seen this movie? Okay, okay, so we, we have to do a little explaining to kind of make sense out of this thing. Lloyd's, Lloyd's editor assigns him to interview uh, children's uh, television presenter Fred Rogers, for a simple 400-word article on heroes. 400 words, that's, that's nothing. That's a little essay. Lloyd wonders why, uh, why, uh, why, why him, thinking that this assignment is uh, beneath him. But he's told the reason is because none of the other heroes was willing to talk with him. Yeah, there you go. So Lloyd travels to WQED, the QED studio in Pittsburgh, and, and Mr. Rogers is more concerned with the injury on his nose than he is with the article to pump up his fame. And um, 
They talk about dealing with anger. And, and Rogers explains that everyone gets mad at times. Uh, and it's all about how you deal with it. And, and, and he points out that one of his ways includes not hitting someone, not yelling at someone, but this is kind of funny. You'll like this, Diane. Hitting the keys on the lower end of the piano, banging them really hard. That's how he, that's how he strikes out, so to speak, in anger, you know? <laughs> well, Lloyd is determined to expose Rogers because he really feels like he's an imposter. He's a fake. And so he interviews Rogers again, this time in New York. Now, what Fred does this time is that he brings his puppets from the show and he uses the puppets to ask Lloyd about his childhood rabbit and his father. <laughs> Lloyd abruptly ends the interview and heads home. So when he gets home, his dad is there and Lloyd takes the opportunity to verbally attack him for cheating on his mother while she was dying of cancer. In the process, Jerry, his father, suffers a heart attack, taken to the hospital. Well, Lloyd refuses to stay overnight with him and instead chooses to return to Pittsburgh to interview Rogers. That was convenient, wasn't it, to avoid the whole father situation there? Exhausted, though, he collapses on the floor of the show, dreaming about his repressed childhood trauma. In his dream, his mother urges him to release his anger. And then Rogers, Fred Rogers and his wife bring Lloyd to their home to recuperate. All right, so stick with us. We, we will get <laughs> to the Bible. We have a little more to go in the movie. The story continues to unfold. In a conversation at a restaurant, which we saw on the video, Lloyd says that people are right that Rogers loves people like him. And Roger says, well, of course, because everybody is one of a kind. Nobody's alike. And Lloyd says that people are broken. And Roger says he doesn't think Lloyd is broken. Are there times in our lives where we feel completely broken? Mm. Absolutely. And so Roger's affirms him, encourages him, tells him he's a man of conviction, he knows uh, right and wrong, and then he suggests that he remember the relationship with his father and that he's been shaped, it can be in a good way, by his dad, and he encourages Lloyd by saying, let's think about those, and this is what we saw in the video, who loved us into being and forgive his dad. Now, in that silence that we had when we thought about those who love us into being, we know that sometimes they fall short. Sometimes we fall short. And if you're feeling that, you're not alone because that's many of our stories, that those who loved us into being weren't all that God intended them to be as a, as a parent. But that's why Jesus came, to help us deal with the feelings, deal with the anger, deal with 
the hurt, experience forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't mean it's okay. It just means that we're not going to let that control our hearts anymore. And to experience peace. And so this whole loved us into being, I don't know if you saw, I went over to whisper to Alan during that because it just really hit me that many of us struggle with those who loved us into being. But that's why Jesus came, to be with us. So to finish the story off, when, when Lloyd eventually returns home, he, um, he apologizes to his wife, and, and he visits Jerry and, and Jerry's new wife, Dorothy. He learns that Jerry is dying, and actually that was the reason Jerry came to try and reconcile in the first place, and Lloyd does forgive him, promises to be a better father, and he writes the article about Roger's impact on his life. Um, Fred Rogers visits Jerry at his home. That's, that's uh, Lloyd Vogel's father, the, the cheater. He visits him at his home. And, and here's the interesting thing. He asked Jerry to pray for him. Powerful. Pray for him just before he dies. And he does uh, die shortly thereafter. And, 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 and Lloyd Vogel writes, not a 400-word, a 10 thousand word article for Esquire magazine. This is all based on a true story. Names have changed and all. 10,000 word cover story for that magazine entitled, Can You Say Hero? Wow. Back at the studio, Fred Rogers finishes the episode that he started. He's got the picture board there. And, and, and he opens the fifth and final door. And there's, um, there's um, Lloyd and his family. They're all smiling. Now, his father's not part of the picture because he's died, but Dorothy, the, the, the second wife, is in the picture. And, and they, it's a, a happily reunited family there on the picture board. Wow. So it's a powerful movie with a like lump in your throat ending. And that was a very long setup, but now we're going to get into it. <laughs> what does all this have to do with us today? What can we glean from this movie, Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood? When we look at Fred Rogers at the man, he wasn't just some guy doing a kid's TV show. He really was a good example for us of someone who was genuine, who really cared about people who put others first. Okay. When we look scripturally, now we looked and looked and tried to find a scripture that captured what this uh, movie, what this character was about. I think we found it in Philippians, second chapter, verses 3 through 4. This is the New International Version. Here's what we read. Do nothing out of selfish mode, excuse me, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. 
Don't be selfish. Care for others, their needs, their interests. It's what Jesus did through his ministry. It's what Fred Rogers did from what we saw in the movie there, isn't it? Yeah. So what does that look like for us? When we take a look at Fred Rogers, it looked like being concerned about others. So that's what it looks like for us to put, to consider other people, to when we look at others or when we have conversations, to try to go a little bit deeper. What makes them tick? Because when we're looking at each other, we're looking at God created each one of us. And so you're a masterpiece. And the people that you look at are God's masterpieces. And so to look at the uniqueness and to truly care about one another. So Fred Rogers modeled how Jesus was with people. Um, and a story that we, well, we chose that, 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 that shares this with us is, is a very well-known story. I mean, the kids in Sunday school know the story of the story of Zacchaeus. How many here know that story? Um, probably most of the room, the Zacchaeus story. But we're going to retell it for those who aren't familiar and to, just to reiterate for those who are familiar. It's a story of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Here, here's, here's what it says in Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today's salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Mm. For, for those who learned this as a kid, it's hard not to sing the song, isn't it? Zaki, it's hard not to start, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever tax collectors could collect beyond the taxes, they got to keep. <laughs> yeah, huh. and so it was advantageous for them to get all they could, and so that's why they were known as cheats and sinners, and you know who was the best at it? The chief, that's why they made him chief. He was better at, at getting more money than anybody else, and that's who Zacchaeus was, chief tax collector, and that's why he was despised by the people, because he took their money. Um, and so coming into town, Jesus spotted this guy up a sycamore tree. Here's the thing, though. He knew Zacchaeus was in pain. I don't think Zacchaeus knew, but Jesus knew that he was in pain, that he wanted things to be different, that he actually wanted a new life. 
And he called out to him. He called him down. And, and he went to his house that very day. And Zacchaeus found new life, didn't he? He found new life. He, he turned 180 degrees and found new life in Christ that day. Jesus focused on him. He found the good in him, and he responded with a change of direction. Wow. When our kids were little, uh, we have four. There were three quick, three in a row, <laughs> and then one. Turner was the caboose. <laughs> so we didn't have DVR. You know, that wasn't a thing back then. So at 9 o'clock in the morning, it was Sesame Street, and at 10 o'clock was Mr. Rogers. So we had two hours where I knew the kids, the girls, could be mesmerized by Ernie and Bert and Mr. Rogers. And, you know, you'd hear the song come on, and then he would be, hello, friends. How is your day going? And I'm like, oh my gosh, can you just go and talk? And, you know, and it's drove me, that, that clip drove me crazy. I wanted to, like, turn him up and put him on prednisone or something to get him going. Put him on what? 80, I needed some, anyway. <laughs> There's other meds that I could suggest as well. <clears throat> Mr. Rogers, it's not a slick production. I mean, there's little ting ting sounds and the little train that goes around. It looks so homemade. What is it about Mr. Rogers that as soon as that came on, it's like, ah. And then as soon as he started talking, it's like, oh. The kids knew that he loved them. He, like, talked their language. He got on their level. And he didn't, like, hurry up and get done, they knew, you know, kids have this built-in reality meter. And they just knew on some level that Mr. Rogers cared for them. Years ago, I had a pastor friend who um, also did some counseling, and I, I went to him a few times. And, and, and in one of our sessions, he he was talking to me. He knew my family, so he was talking to me. Devin was uh, little at the time, and he was talking about Devin and how, as a father especially, you need to enter your children like your daughter's world. And it doesn't mean just to take her along with you to the store or take her on your uh, errands. It means for you to get down on your knees and play with the Barbie or play uh, shoots and ladders or, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and it came to me one day, that's what Mr. Rogers did. When he came in, and I didn't notice this, but Barry pointed it out. He comes in, and first is he comes down some steps. So he's coming down to their level, right? And then he opens the closet, and you know what's coming next. He takes off the jacket, puts on the cardigan. And you notice how he fumbled with the zipper? They didn't, they didn't reshoot that. He did that on purpose. Because everybody has a little trouble with this. Nobody gets that perfect first time, do they? Makes them real. Puts up the zipper, and then he puts on the, the loafer, takes off the loafers, <laughs> and puts on the sneakers. What he's saying is, kids, for, for the time I've got this sweater on and these sneakers on, I'm yours, because I'm taking off my business world clothes, and I'm putting on my play clothes. 
Isn't that wild? In fact, basically, I mean, he's talking about what he's doing, but without saying a word about the cardigan and the sneakers, he's saying, I'm entering your world. I'm yours for the next, whatever it was, was it an hour? I'm yours for the next hour, let's go. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Well, when we look in Scripture, that's exactly what Jesus did. He entered our worlds. God from above, God incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ, yes, entering our world, but then entering the space that we were in. We have story after story after story where Jesus went to find those who were most lost and most hurting, the least, the last, and the lost. One of those stories is in the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life and ministry of Jesus. And we find that the Pharisees, they were the, the religious leaders who you know, followed religion to the letter of the law. They wanted, they uh, brought this woman caught in adultery to Jesus. So Jesus focuses on the woman, but the accusers could care less about her. What they wanted to do was set Jesus up in a trap. He wa they wanted to catch Jesus. Will he follow the letter of the law and allow her to be stoned, or will he do something else? They ask him, and he says, and this is a, a line of scripture that some of us are familiar with, the one without sin should cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in the story, we, we hear that they all left, and there's just Jesus and the woman, and he zeroes in on her, and they have quite a conversation. But ultimately, he encourages her to live it, her life differently. And she does. She's completely changed and completely transformed. Her, she's forgiven and she is given hope and a fresh start, new life in Christ. You know, Mr. Rogers cared about kids above all else. And it wasn't just when he was on the set. It was when he was off the set as well. In the film, it showed how his staff got so exasperated because he's trying, they're trying to get him someplace and he's stopping and he's focused in on people on the way. He, he always takes the time with, with, with the people uh, because he, he wants to spend, he wants them to know he cares. He because he, he cares about him, because each one is special in their own way, and, and uh, he wanted to connect with them. As he did, yeah. So Jesus did the same thing. At times, there were at the time that Jesus lived, children were not valued. They they didn't they weren't like esteemed like we do today. And that is not the case for Jesus. Jesus put great value on children. Taking a look at Mark chapter 10. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. 
but the disciples rebuked them. It's like, get away, kids. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. See, here's the thing. Both Jesus and Mr. Rogers saw the best in people, didn't they? They saw the best. And especially, they saw the best in children. They looked for the best in children. In the movie, Lloyd was hurt. Mr. Rogers knew that, that Lloyd would never be at peace until he was able to forgive his father, as hard as that is. You, you all know there's people who are really hard to forgive, who've hurt us to the point where forgiving them doesn't make sense. And yet, until we do, we'll never be at peace. They, Rogers knew that about Lloyd to forgive his father until he was able to release his father from his own expectations of him uh, until he was able to give up all hope of a better past with his father. We've talked about Peter in the Bible. Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples and we know that Peter denied Jesus three times at perhaps Jesus' greatest time of need. But Jesus could see through Peter and see the real heart of Peter. And Peter became one of his fiercest defenders. Uh, Peter ended up, Jesus saying, my church will be built upon the rock. That's what Peter means, the rock. And over and over again, an example like Jesus seeing Peter, Jesus saw good in people and was able to bring that out. Hmm. Fred Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister. Yeah. His flock was enormous. <laughs> he had a large congregation, millions. Millions, especially children. And he used that platform that he had, that television platform, to share the message that everyone is valuable, that everyone is important, that everyone has sacred worth. And, and he did it sometimes with not so many words. This wasn't in the movie, but on his show, there was a time where he, um, he had invited Officer Clemens to join him in his little wading pool there. It was a hot day, and Officer Clemens had been walking the beat, you know, so they were going to take their shoes and socks off. What's interesting is Officer Clemens was black. And this was 1969, uh, 64, and the Civil Rights Act had outlawed segregation, <laughs> legally, officially, but not so much in reality. Segregated no, it was illegal in public places, supposedly, but it was still very real. And this simple act of them cooling their feet together in his waiting pool just spoke volumes to those children on the other side of that camera. Can you picture that? And, and, and it, it spoke volumes without speaking a word. 
Just that picture. Wow. You've seen me get on the soapbox over the last couple years where I believe that something has happened where we seem to have a little bit, maybe a lot less caring and kindness for each other or for the world or for those around us. I don't know if the isolation of the pandemic just made us focus more on ourselves and think about those around us. You know, we can't get near them, we can't do this. And, and, and I think it has really, our, our society has been damaged by some of this. And I think it's the enemy. The enemy wants to separate us. The enemy wants us to put our walls up with each other. The enemy wants us to be focused just on us because it is all about me. It's not about anybody else. It is the pure work of the enemy, but there does seem to be some less kindness and less patience. Go, go to a store. I mean, people can't even stand in line anymore without getting ticked off. How about the road rage? How about what we're seeing on the news with the gun violence? It is escalating to the point where you just wonder where is all this going to go. We are living in a time where we need, we need a Fred Rogers. But actually, Jesus needs us. That's what we are called to do. We are called to... The movie's great about Fred Rogers, but we are called to put on Christ and to use Jesus and imitate what Jesus would do. And we've been saying this week in and week out. Our community, our region, our world would be so much better if each one of us did that. And I ha we had somebody new come this morning. Debbie, it's because of the welcome wagon letter. Like, we send 100 letters out to new residents. A month. A month. And so she got this letter, and, and she came, and I asked her, you know, did you feel welcome? How were the kids in, you know, the, the gym? And she was very complimentary, and she ended by saying to him, I'll be back next week. And I'm thinking, this is who we are as a church, and we need to just keep doing that because people need Jesus. But it's not about bringing people only in. It's about us going out and doing that and finding a place where we can put on Christ and make this world a kinder place. Mm. So... What about you? <laughs> Do you try to bring out the best in others? Are you interested in other people? What makes them tick? What, what brings them joy? What causes them pain? Are you willing to come alongside others when it isn't necessarily convenient, when it isn't easy, when it might not fit readily into your schedule? Do you look across the cubicle, the table, the ball field, whatever, and realize that every person that comes into your eye has value, has purpose. Every single one of those was created in the image of God. Wow. 
Here's what Jesus says. Matthew 5. Let me tell you why you are here. <laughs> you are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. <laughs> as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't you think I'm, do you think I'm not, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you up on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Amen. It's yeah. a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day to be a neighbor. Won't you be mine? That's what we're called to do. Actually, the greatest commandment, love God, love one another. Who is our neighbor? Everybody is our neighbor. And so that is Jesus' command. That's what we take from a beautiful day in the neighborhood and from Fred Rogers. May it all point to Jesus Christ, who's on the throne, who gives us purpose, meaning every breath we take, and we live that as a thank you note, making a difference in our world. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for, um, thank you for movies that we can look at and glean a biblical message out of. And this one, Lord, is a great example of not living focused on ourselves, but trying to see others with worth and value. Help us as Connection Community Church to be known to value all people, to embrace one another, to walk with one another through our joys and even more our struggles. God, we thank you that our relationship with you and the peace that we have with you can be here on earth and in heaven. Lord, I can only imagine what it would be like to see you face to face someday and I look forward to that blessed assurance but for now use me use us to be your light in the darkness I thank you and pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit everybody agreed and said amen Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening.
Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.